The CDC wants your vaccinated five-year-old masked indefinitely by Matt Welch, published at Reason October 20th, read to you right after here at Paloma Media. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, was asked Wednesday morning at a White House COVID-19 response team briefing to explain what impact expanding vaccination to 5 to 11-year-olds would have on masking in schools. You could speak to sort of the benefits along those lines, Associated Press reporter Zeke Miller prompted her. Here in its entirety is how Walensky responded. After we have authorization from FDA and recommendations from CDC, we will be working to scale up pediatric vaccination. That said, it will take some time. And as I just noted, as we head into these winter months, we know we cannot be complacent. We also know that from previous data that schools have had masks in place were three and a half times less likely to have school outbreaks requiring school closure. So right now we are going to continue to recommend masks in all schools for all people in those schools. And we will look forward to scaling out pediatric vaccination during this period of time. End of quote. In other words, the benefits of vaccinating kids is that the kids will be vaccinated. Otherwise, nothing changes. Walensky and the CDC have serially misrepresented the data on which they base their global outlier of a recommendation that kids aged two and older wear masks in indoor group settings. For more on which, since you can't click on hyperlinks in audio, uh, please look at the original story or just uh, research Jacob Solemn masks at CDC at Reason.com. But what makes the director's comments today particularly distressing for some of us parents is that it offers zero off-ramp, no numerical set of targets to hit, not even a distant glimmer of light when it comes to the increasingly grim and questionably scientific practice of concealing children's faces at a developmentally critical age. Please find a parameter to unmask children responded infectious disease specialist Monica Gandhi of UC San Francisco, or as Johns Hopkins epidemiologist Jennifer Nuzzo wrote yesterday, masks in schools were meant to be a temporary measure. It is good policy and practice to establish off-ramps for interventions that aren't meant to be permanent. We should be able to answer what conditions would enable an end. End quote. My six-year-old, who has spent nearly one quarter of her life wearing masks in group indoor settings, attends a school where all the adults are vaccinated, kids and adults alike get tested once a week, and, per state requirement, as directly influenced by the CDC, everyone over age two wears masks, even outdoors. We live in a moderately high vaccination zip code, 68% of all residents with at least one shot, in a city with a lower case rate than all but six states, where positive rate among the regularly tested unvaccinated public school students since mid-September is 0.23%. I would like to know genuinely what any of those numbers need to look like in order for my daughter to see her teacher's mouths again. Instead, as Harvard Associate Public Health Professor Joseph G. Allen uh, wrote in Tuesday's Washington Post, it's easy to see how schools could sleepwalk into indefinite masking for kids for at least this entire school year. The coronavirus remains largely an older person disease, attacking particularly those with pre-existing comorbidities. As of October 20th, that's today, 
Just 542 of the 723,280 people who the CDC have counted as deaths involving COVID-19 have been under the age of 18, despite that group representing 23% of the entire U.S. population. The two age cohorts in New York City with the lowest cumulative COVID-19 case rates at this moment are the ones that are totally or mostly ineligible for the vaccine. Children age 0 to 4 and children age 5 to 12. As Allen points out, quote, in highly vaccinated New England, the hospitalization rate right now for kids under 17 is about seven per 10 million. That is not a typo. At the worst of the Delta surge in Florida, the hospitalization rate for this age group was about one per 100,000. It has since dropped sharply in that region and is now approaching one per million again, end quote. And irresponsible journalistic scaremongering notwithstanding, these numbers accelerated downward as school doors opened this fall. Walensky's refusal to offer parents any future hope runs the risk of doing more than just boosting <laughs> the receipts at my local wine store. As Monica Gandhi points out, it reduces a potential incentive for parents to vaccinate their youngins. I think tying availability of the vaccine in children to taking away restrictions in adults and children provides a very positive motivation for everyone, she wrote today. It also reinforces the growing suspicion that pandemic restrictions are meted out in proportion to the target's political power rather than their vulnerability to the disease. Quote, when the 63-year-old governor of New York goes out to crowded bars without a mask, but mandates two-year-olds who are lower risk of severe illness than a vaxxed governor, wear masks all day long at daycare, noted Democratic New York State legislator Rachel Barnhart yesterday, referring to some widely circulated photos of Kathy Hochul yucking it up with some Buffalo Bills fans. It's time for some off-ramps. Amen. There are entire swaths of the country where the CDC's opinion of school masking matters not even one little bit. And there are plenty of parents in CDC-obedient cities like New York and Los Angeles who view the microscopic positive test rates of students as proof that these heavy-handed restrictions work. So since the relevant public officials won't answer the question, I'll put it to these mask-happy blue state parents. At what number of cases, hospitalizations, vaccines, you name it, your choice, at what number will you support allowing developmentally sensitive kids to take the damned masks off. <laughs>